Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Deep Gripping Reality Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about um, my last two weeks uh, in the quote-unquote metaverse, or should I say metaverses, uh, and my first impressions therein, and what it could mean for your business. Stay tuned, folks. It's about to get deep. This episode of the Deep Gripping Reality is brought to you by a marketingstrategy.com. Check it out. You're listening to the Deep Gripping Reality Podcast. The show that gives you leadership lessons and insights from the cutting edge of digital marketing. Hosted by Stephen J. Edelman. It's about to get deep. The Metaverse. Facebook changed its name to Meta a while back. That's old news. Meta means beyond. So why would Facebook change its name to beyond? Well, you know, I've got a few theories about that. Uh, the reality is they were kind of late to the mobile game, believe it or not, and they really regretted it, and I don't think Zuck ever forgot about it. So, when he realized that VR was the future a few years back, he decided to buy the Oculus brand and uh, wanted to make sure that the next social platform that evolves, that his company was not only a part of it, but in his mind, able to lead the charge. That is why Facebook rebranded to Meta. That is why, as of December 1st, um, the Facebook company is actually sharing under a different ticker on the uh, stock exchanges. Um, And that's why they're going all in on the metaverse. Now here's the kicker. For those of you unfamiliar, the metaverse is not just some buzzword. It's actually a word that's taken from a book that kind of describes, think Ready Player One if you've heard of it, or um, New uh, Free Guy, the new Ryan Reynolds movie, the comedy, very funny by the way. Um, think Grand Theft Auto V Online, think uh, video game, any online multiplayer video game. Um, that is, they are their own metaverses, okay? But not really, because to define the metaverse, let me do that for you first, because I think I want, I want to make this uh, what could potentially be confusing and complicated technical jargon. I want to boil that down to its core essence and make it a little easier for you to digest. So let's have this podcast episode be in a couple of parts. Part one here will be describing and defining what the metaverse is, okay? So part one, what the metaverse is. The metaverse is a decentralized place that has its own free market that you can have digital ownership of items and interact with people in the virtual reality and augmented reality spaces, okay? Now, all of that sounds like technical jargon, and I just said I'd simplify it, so let me make it easier. Right now, you experience, the majority of you listening to this, experience the internet through a tablet, a computer screen, or your phone, 2D, okay? If you haven't experienced VR yet, some point soon you probably will, and when it comes to VR, you are inside the internet. 
And so when you look to your left, look to your right, when somebody's speaking behind you and to your right, you can hear that that's where they're coming from. You can hear that that's where they are. They walk up and say, excuse me, and you know which direction to turn instinctively because it's like they're right there. So it kind of removes the screen. You still have access to pull up different menus and things like that, but it's a very social experience and you know it's 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 really kind of cool now that's what this is now the 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 kicker here is that in order for something to be a metaverse it has to be decentralized in other words open source and not owned by one company so meta may have gotten the word meta on lock they may have branded themselves that way but in Zuckerberg's little address of the state of, you know, when he made this announcement, he said himself, the metaverse itself will be interconnected metaverses that cannot be owned by one company, all right? He just wants to make sure that the top talent in the world is helping him develop his corner of the metaverse, okay? Um, and that, 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 that Facebook can have that piece of the pie. As I mentioned before, it's both for longevity because they want to make sure that, that they don't miss out on this, this potentially huge thing. Um, and also because, you know, it's, it's about breaking barriers. So when we say you can experience the metaverse, there's, there, what I'm talking about right now is Roblox, for example, the kids game. Um, they actually have stopped calling their, their games you can play games. They call them experiences. And there have been, I think, 21 Pilots is one of the bands that has done a virtual concert in the metaverse, okay? Uh, they did that on Roblox. Um, Ariana Grande, Snoop Dogg, there's been a lot of artists who have done things on Fortnite, have done free concerts on Fortnite, okay? Now, it's not free in the sense that um, you don't have to pay anything. It's free in the sense that you don't have to pay anything because uh, Fortnite and... Um, Roblox paid the entertainers to do this. And so it's a, it's a great cross-promotion thing. And artists want to show that they're able to be a part of the cutting-edge metaverse, okay? Now, the others, other metaverses that are out there include one called Decentraland, one called The Sandbox. Um, then there's Facebook's own metaverse, which is called Horizon. So there's a few different Horizon venues. There's, um, uh, so I guess now we're into part two. What are the metaverses? Um, so there's Horizons Workspace, which is like a, a conference room, a virtual conference room. And some people have criticized saying, great, it's a virtual PowerPoint. No, it's way more than that. And until you've been in it, you can't talk. I actually have gone exclusively to doing my meetings in Horizon Workspace. And here's why. If you don't have a virtual reality headset, then it's like Zoom. It's like any other conference calling experience. Uh, you have, you can put your face on the, on the screen, see other people on the screen, you can screen share, you can record it, all that stuff. If you have the headset, however, you are in a virtual office that actually has up to three pieces of art on the wall that are custom. So for example, your company name and then two pictures that, of your choice that you want. They have to be a certain dimension, whatever. You could buy an NFT and stick it up on that wall if you want to, okay? So that's really cool. Um, it also has a whiteboard feature to where you can flip your, if you've, if you've got an Oculus Quest, you flip your controller over and you actually can write on the whiteboard. Now, I did an episode, two episodes back with Dr. Chuck Fox of uh, Engineering Systems Incorporated, I think they're called, ESI, um, engsys.com, and 
showed him this version of, of the room and what it's like. It's actually been updated and evolved since then, so it looks completely different now. But what's really interesting is that you can sit right next to a person and it mimics your hand movements. You can do it without a controller, so you can control the screens using just your hands because there's hand tracking. So that's kind of cool. That's Horizon Workspace. Really love that one. Um, then there's Horizon Venues, which is where you go to this kind of centralized area where you kind of can hang out and um, you can go watch a movie. You can go experience life under the ocean and see a giant sea turtle, you know, swim right over you or jellyfish. Uh, you can see, you can see, a, I don't know if I said a concert, but a movie. You can see all kinds of cool stuff. Um, and then there's Horizon Worlds. Now, Horizon Worlds is the money spot. What the Horizon Worlds is, they have a centralized hub where you can check out all kinds of stuff that the Facebook developers have made. Um, but also, there's, there's a few different, there's events, so you can go see an event uh, or a show together. There's Hangout, which is Hangout Spaces, and then there's Games. So you can play really cool VR games like throwing a boomerang, like shooting, uh, you know, doing laser tag. I played that. That was a lot of fun. Um, and, and it's really kind of cool. But then they also have a create mode where you can use uh, a, a creator's uh, tool and a whole, whole user uh, GUI, a whole user interface that's really simple to pick up and learn using your controllers. And think of yourself as a giant playing with models or with a Lego set, right? And you have all these geometric shapes that you can stretch and you can pull and you can paint whatever color and you can make them glow and you can have some dynamics, uh, physics in there. And my first thing that I created was an obstacle course just to get it, get, get the feel for it. And I realized really fast just how easy this was to, to, to create an experience. And what's cool is you can share that experience with somebody else, meaning not only can they, they play it, but they can also join in and help you build it. So it's really, really cool. It's really an interesting concept. Um, and the only, if I have any qualms about it, it's that you can't upload your own 3D stuff. You have to use the Meta Toolkit. So in that way, it's not decentralized. It's not open source. Um, you can write your own code, which is great. But like if I were to go pay, go on Fiverr and pay a 3D artist to create some awesome 3D render, I can't put that currently. I can't put that in my Meta Worlds, Horizon Worlds, um, space that I'm creating this experience so it'd be great if you could have a 3d model of whatever you want and put it in there you also can't display your own custom nfts so let's go to part three here nfts and how that fits in so an nft is any digital file it can be a video it can be a picture it can be a sound it can be um, a pdf whatever and an NFT, basically a non-fungible token, is a, is essentially a deed of ownership. So there could be 30,000 copies of the same Nyan Cat picture, but there's only one original, okay? And so before this came along, um, so you make a meme and you throw it on the internet, you know it's getting stolen and you're never going to get credit for it. Well, there, so there was no ownership. Well, what an NFT does is it, set, it has a certificate of ownership that then gets saved on what's called the blockchain. The blockchain is... Uh, is a chain of backed up uh, spreadsheets essentially across hundreds, thousands, millions of computers. So that record is saved on all these different files. So you, it says your unique name, how much you paid for it, that you own it, when it was minted, which is basically means when it came into when, when it came into being an NFT. And so you can take all of this information, um, and if somebody were to change one of the files. It's easy to say, no, it is still mine, I own it, because you can look at the blockchain and it shows that that ownership is there, okay? 
So that's breaking down how an NFT is saved on the blockchain. So the downside to all of that is that, and, and there's a lot of different um, blockchains out there. There's some that, and it, uh, there's some that require different fees. There's some that are easier to get access to. Right now, they're big in the art world, but the NFT doesn't have to be art. You can sell experiences. So what's cool is say that I own an NFT. I create this NFT and I sell it to somebody. What's neat is that the original creator can make it updatable and so I can make it a virtual experience, which means this could be a lifetime pass to a football game, for example. Um, and I can upgrade it to say, now you also get tickets to this concert that's going on that week of the, of the football game, right? Or soccer game or whatever. So it can be upgradable, which is great. The other thing that's nice is that when you have a, an NFT and, you, and, and it's, a, it's, it's an experience that you're selling, um, you can set it up so that every time it gets resold, you get a small percentage of that sale. So it's residual income. So why isn't everybody doing this? Because it's a pain in the ass to set up. So the biggest one right now, the biggest blockchain network, if you will, that NFTs are going big on is called OpenSeas. And in order to set up OpenSeas, you have to have a crypto wallet. Um, and there's a lot of crypto wallets out there. I won't get into that or else this will go on for three hours and I don't want to deal with that. But there's a lot of crypto wallets out there, but you have to have a crypto wallet set up um, that you will store your cryptocurrency in, but also your NFTs will be stored in there. So yes, the, the deed itself, the file saying you own it, will be stored on the blockchain, but the item itself is saved in your crypto wallet. And the problem is that crypto wallets are extremely hackable, which means that if you have a bunch of cryptocurrency on there, it's easy to get a hold of and get hacked. So there's actually hard crypto wallets, cold wallets they're called, which are like a little, essentially a physical flash drive that is your crypto wallet. And when you plug it into these networks, it's recognized as a hot wallet or, a, or, or one that's virtual. So there's all these different options. It's really, really kind of cool. Um, but you have to go through the process of setting that up before you can even mint an NFT. And on OpenSeas, there's what's called a gas charge, which is the uh, a fee for the amount that it costs to mint that NFT for the first time. Sometimes that's a few dollars, sometimes that's a few hundred dollars, depending on where you mint it, which blockchain you mint it on, the gas fees are, are at, can be absolutely atrocious. Now, again, that's all for art, okay? So how does that all fit into the metaverse conversation? Well, this is where it gets super interesting. Right now, you can use Decentraland. I haven't tried the sandbox. I'm gonna try that next, similar to Decentraland. So Decentraland has all these virtual plots of land that you can buy using real money. They're super expensive because it's a speculator's market and people are assuming this virtual real estate is gonna be hot at some point. Once you own this plot of land, you can build whatever you want there. You can either use the Decentraland builder to actually build your own experience and then put it up on the market and say, okay, you can either buy this or it's free or it's just for me on my plot of land. But then when you go in there, in this virtual world, which by the way, it's not VR yet, it's all through a computer screen. That's why I say it's not a real um, metaverse, but I digress. I've gone in there as a guest and you have to have a crypto wallet to get in there too. I've gone in there as a guest and walked around and I saw some of the most popular NFTs, which are Bored Apes. Um, people had displayed them as owned there in their little virtual property. So I could walk into this virtual mansion and when you walk into that, it might change your avatar, you might be normal, but you get to see whatever they want you to see. So in this case, I saw a big um, NFL uh, GIF playing on the background, on the back wall. It was a, uh, 
uh, Vikings versus Packers thing or so I don't know but it was up on the wall and if I moved my mouse over it it told me how much that it turns out that was an NFT it wasn't just this decorative but it told me how much it was who the current owner was and whether or not it was for sale and you could use uh, in their currency in there it's called mana but it's all cryptocurrency right so I could have bought that when I saw the board ape on the wall I was like oh that's kind of cool but it said not for sale so you can you can display your nfts in there so the issue is so that's what you can do with it the, the issue is that horizon doesn't have a way for you to display these nfts in other words meta facebook doesn't have a way for you to display your nfts other than in horizon workspace yet uh, i think they will eventually uh so that's that's all that so now we're going to step into the difference between vr and ar this is a very comprehensive conversation that I'm having with myself. I didn't expect this. I apologize. So thanks for sticking with me. So virtual reality, VR, uses a headset, and it's very immersive. AR is augmented reality, and it either uses it uses a screen of some kind. Now, sometimes that screen is your phone. Sometimes it's through glasses if they're super expensive. And that's where the future will be. When they can condense the technology down to be wearable glasses that look like glasses, not some stupid piece of tech, that's the one that's going to win. And I personally think that it's probably gonna be Apple or Facebook that gets in on that and gets there first. And so that's a race, uh, but you want good technology. So don't buy the first iteration, wait for the second or third. So Facebook's come out with Ray-Ban stories. Um, they partnered with Ray-Ban to make their first augmented reality glasses that essentially just allow you to take pictures. It's like having, it's literally having two cameras on your, on your glasses and you can take pictures and do video and record conversations and that's it. So. I digress. Augmented reality makes it look like there's something there that's not. If you want to try it for yourself, a really cool experience that I recommend is a game that is on the app stores called uh, Ghostbusters Scare, and A-R is in scare, is, is spelled out big. And it uses your phone and ties to the latest Ghostbusters Afterlife movie <clears throat> so that you can literally use your phone to hunt ghosts in your backyard. And it's super trippy. It looks really, really cool. You can see uh, the, the little hellhounds or whatever you can see Muncher from the movie flying around and you have to zap them with your with the proton pack using your phone and it's a cool little game uh, a more down-to-earth and practical application of these of this AR technology there's a lot of different AR uh, uh, applications you can buy where you can create or buy or use a 3d model and then create what's called an anchor which is when it's when the camera sees this item whatever it is it'll automatically realize, okay, this is an AR experience, and it'll either make the, the item appear or it'll animate something. So again, more of an animated experience um, that's 3D that's really cool. And it looks so realistic that I showed my son it and he thought it was a toy that had, had been there. And so he reached and he was really kind of disappointed. He's seven years old, he's a smart kid, super tech savvy plays Roblox, he, he gets it, but he thought that there was a toy there because he was looking at it on my phone and he was really frustrated that he couldn't pick that up. So that's augmented reality. So you're taking the virtual world and trying to interact with it. So this is how I imagine this going down is there will be, and I'm sure there already is to an extent, actually I know there is because Nike did it. There, there's an opportunity where you can buy a real world physical item and, and we'll take Nike for example, and that is their shoe, okay? You can use a camera to point at your feet or point somewhere and see what that shoe would look like in your shoe collection, on your foot, whatever. And it uses AR to show you that. You can then design a shoe, buy it at a Nike store, the physical shoe that you just designed, 
And then you also get an NFT for that shoe. So you have a virtual item that you can, you, you can then store as your own virtual space. And then it can be upgraded later if you change your shoe later. So that's how companies can kind of engage on AR, VR, <clears throat> because you own the NFT so you can actually have your avatar wear it in some of these games. And then also uh, in the real world with physical items. I've said in a past episode, I think it was two or three episodes back when I uh, talked about Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse, I talked about how you could scan a piece of art in real life and not only would it be able to show up in your, you'd have the NFT for it and you could, you'd, you could show it in the virtual space, but also that would allow for an augmented reality art, art piece. That technology is already there. Now there's a lot of different AR apps, so I'm not gonna recommend any of them specifically. I've tested quite a few. I'm not recommending them simply because this is not a sponsored video, and these are the kind of companies that are making enough money that uh, if you want me to mention which one I think is the best, you can pay me to. <laughs> That's where I'm at with that. I'm not a greedy person. Anybody who's heard this show knows that. Anybody who's heard this show as, as uh, can attest to that I give out information freely. But when it comes to this, there's some things I got to keep close to the vest. So if you know me personally, hit me up and I'll tell you. Um, that being said, so, you know, I've, I've talked a little bit about this. Now, the thing that we really need for this to be a true metaverse, okay, this is what's going to take 10, 15 years. I've said it before, I'll say it again. He who creates the platform for these things to happen wins. The problem is the decentralized aspect. In other words, right now you have all these corporations fighting to create the next quote unquote metaverse. So in that process, they're creating their own metaverses, their own virtual experiences. The issue is that the very idea behind uh, uh, consumerism and the, the very idea behind the corporate structure of things and um, greed is that you keep things close to yourself and you don't open it up, okay? So what am I getting at here? Um, until you can have one avatar that you're able to take into Decentraland, Roblox, over to uh, 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 Fortnite, and then over to your, to your Facebook Horizons, worlds, whatever, until you can cross those without having to change platforms, there, there is no metaverse. The metaverse doesn't exist. There's just several experiences online. And Decentraland can't call itself the world's first metaverse because it's not a virtual reality experience. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they do have some. But the closest thing to a metaverse, believe it or not, this is going to blow your mind. The closest thing to a metaverse that I've been able to find so far is Roblox. The builder is easy and accessible and open source. You can, it's drag and drop setup so anybody can, can create their own experience. You can use these, you can share them on any platform including consoles and tablets and you can experience that in VR. You can also buy and sell uh, your own outfits and things. The hard part about it is designing custom um, shirts or custom helmet or avatar gear um, that's not easy to do, um, and there, that's a barrier to entry there too. So ease of use is another thing that that's going to be going to be interesting. Now, I, I do think that in the, uh, another core concept, I'm going to wrap this up with this. Another core concept of the metaverse is escapism. Okay, so the ironic part is that people have, as long as the internet's been around, they've used chats. Uh, there's um, there was a, a, a chat, a Howard Stern chat, CYAO, chat your ass off. 
Howard Stern is what it started as, but it was a streaming chat thing where one person would stream like their own personal radio station and you'd have a chat room in there where people would listen to it and talk and shoot the breeze, okay? There's been, eight, before that, before the internet, uh, as we know it, there was 800 numbers where you can call and do party chats, uh, three-way calling. People wanna connect, okay? They wanna connect virtually and they wanna know that what they have to say and how they feel matters. They also want to be able to express themselves. And the virtual reality worlds that are out there will allow you to do that. And what's coming will allow you to do that. So as Zuckerberg said, if you wanna be a dinosaur with wings and a pig snout, <laughs> he didn't say that, I did, but you can in the metaverse, or you at least will be able to. So you can be whatever ver version of you you wanna be. The problem is uh, you're putting on a mask and you're being fake. Uh, you're showing the world what you want them to see, that's fine, but then you can be the coolest person on the planet in the metaverse, but then when you take that headset off, if you're lonely, then what's the point? It, it can be extremely addictive, and you can get stuck in there. And I don't mean stuck in there like you can't move, you can't get out, but you can feel like your life doesn't have value unless you're in the metaverse, and that's not okay. So this is my advice to you if you're young, or old, I don't even care. If you want to make money in the metaverse, become a creator. Learn how right now, as fast as you can. There's there's YouTube videos on it. You don't have to go to school for it, though you can and should if you if you want really high high quality education on this. But there are ways to learn how to do this. Learn how to become a graphic designer, a 3D designer. Learn how to create experiences, whether that's augmented reality, whether that is um, virtual reality, you know, on Fiverr, there's all these people who you can ask them to design anything for you and they will for a very low fee. It will be a creator's market and he or she who creates the best experience is going to be the one who wins. So if you want to make money in the metaverse, that's how you do it. It's not going to be through buying and selling NFTs. That's a speculator's art market and could fall through any time. It's going to be through creating experiences with value, learning how to create and be artistic, not only to express yourself, but to help other people express themselves that can't. That's how you're gonna be able to make money and be super successful. It's always the person who can provide the best value and the best service that wins in the end. Um, you have to be able to be original, you have to be able to think outside the box, you have to be willing to do research, you can't be willing to rely on one source, you have to be open and know that you don't know everything and be willing to learn. Um, and that's how you're gonna be successful. And frankly, that's how you're successful outside of the metaverse too. You have to be able to um, grow, grow and know, be humble and know that you don't know everything and take constructive feedback just as that. If somebody's a, a jerk to you, don't take it as an insult to you. Take it as a learning opportunity. Um, sorry, I'm, this concludes my TED Talk, I suppose, on that front. But that's about all I've got to say, folks. I really hope that you found this entertaining, educational, and, and interesting the last piece that I'll say about this is that the issue with augmented reality right now is that 90% of it requires you to download an app. And so as a business, you're going to have to have somebody download an app and then scan something to be a part of the experience. Whichever phone company, whether that's Android, which I think it probably will be, or Apple, that can create the most immersive and easy to use AR experiences with the lowest learning curve is going to win on that front as well. But I think, you know, Pokemon Go has been around for 
ever now. And it's that's an augmented reality experience that is still doing fantastic. So similar things to that will definitely also be big. But that's all I got for you, folks. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, do me a favor and uh, comment on this or share it with somebody. Help other people learn about this. If you have any questions, feel free to hit me up, reach out to me. Uh, you can send me a message on the website, um, amarketingstrategy.com, or you can hit me up on any of the social platforms um, at TDGR Podcast. Um, I'm also uh, in Horizon Worlds. You can find me as Rev zombie with a capital r capital z all one word rev zombie it's an old gamer tag for reverend zombie you know it is what it is anyway thank you very much and until next time dig deep my friends oh yeah one last thing merry christmas happy holidays uh, it just dawned on me that uh, this is the last one before christmas so uh season's greetings stay safe if you travel um, make sure that you're safe there and know that Omicron variant is still spreading like crazy. So wear a mask if you're not going to get vaxxed. And if you've gotten vaxxed, you're very smart. Good for you. <laughs> Thanks.